If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Episode 79 of Life's Thunder Action is here. Moon Knight is just 30 and a half hours away from right now, and we are excited to dive into everything we know before we enter speculation station with our moon night predictions plus we discuss the defender saga now on disney plus and how the new mature ratings could be used on future shows and movies will there be news tune in to find out welcome to lta with tcr and jrb this is where the fun begins you're just not thinking fourth dimensional. Slurus! Peter 303! Nom nom. I'm vengeance. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! I love you guys. Hold on to your butts. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. Dude, I almost had you. To that I say, alright, alright, alright. Good evening. It is March 28th. 2022 and it is time for your monday night pick me up where two beard bros are going to dive into all things marvel dc pop culture ip and the latest happenings in the film industry on today's show we're going to talk all about the oscars about will smith's wicked right hook we're going to talk about that deleted joker scene from the batman that everyone's wondering why in the world was that deleted? We'll talk about Richard Ryder joining the MCU, Ryan Coogler working on Ironheart, and the Morbius director even knowing some Endgame spoilers before that movie came out. On top of all that, we're going to talk about Disney Plus and the new Mature rating. We're going to talk about how Moon Knight is just a couple days away. But before we get to all of that good stuff, Thomas. We are live beaming directly into your homes and phones via our Lights Thunder Action Facebook the HWWS Web TV channel on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. All of those links can be found at linktree.com forward slash lights, thunder, action. Be sure to like, subscribe, or and or follow to view the live version of our show where you can interact with us here in the comments. But if you don't want to look at our beautiful beards, but you would love to hear our beautiful sultry tones, JRB. <laughs> you can find our beautiful voices on Apple Podcasts, on Good Pods, on Spotify, Please, please follow and subscribe on all those platforms. Leave us a five-star review while you're at it. That helps out a ton. And ask a question. We'll be sure to answer it on the show. Absolutely. Um, oh, wow. Uh, we, we've got some breaking news here. We'll save that, Terry McIver. Thanks for hanging out with us here in the comments. That's our first news story when when we get there. Um, JRP, what, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? It's been a week. It's been a long time. I feel like it's been six months more than yes. seven days but it's been a long week a lot's happened a lot's happened yeah no march madness has taken up most of uh my free headspace um it's my friends know i'm a huge duke fan uh so mm. this is kind of uh, a big deal for us getting to face north carolina unc mm. in the final four this is kind of like a dream matchup for coach k as he completes his farewell farewell tour it'll mm -hmm. give us a nice little uh rematch for um, his last home game where UNC just knocked the shit out of 
Duke. So, um, yeah, that's kind of all I've been focused on lately. But all this MCU news keeps pulling me back in. What about you, Thomas? What's going on? I am alive. Uh, we work a lot more than I prefer now. Got a lot of great stuff happening. Podcasts shooting off everywhere. I don't. I had Sunday off, and I did laundry, and that was peak <laughs> relaxation. If that that gives you an idea of how boring life has become, <laughs> that's where I feel like I'm at. Um, I've been watching a lot of TV while I do laundry and while I edit and do things of that nature. So really excited to dive into some of that later on. Um, the news has been crazy, dude. Like. It has been insane, been and we thought, you know, oh, coming in, we got a couple of news stories, and then the Oscars happened. Wow. Uh, and really, another important piece of news that dropped is the uh, the article that a certain someone that I know wrote about Disney Plus and having, you know, mature content on there now, and I'm really excited to give all of my... Uh, Let's just say I'm going to throw a lot of stuff on the wall and see if it sticks. Because I got ideas, <laughs> I got characters, I got casting, and I'm going to make it all up on the fly. This is just prediction. But JRB, are you ready for uh, you ready for the news, man? Yeah, let's get right to it. Let's start with the, uh, the Oscars from last night. First of all, did you watch? I did not watch. I did not watch the, uh, the Oscars. <laughs> I don't have regular tv all streamings so we got well that's okay because i do have regular tv and i still chose not to watch it um <laughs> i have not had an interest in the oscars in several years now i did turn it on um when it was about a half hour in mm. uh sat through about five minutes and i it was just unbearable um so i turned it off but apparently we should have left it on because um something interesting happened where uh actor comedian legend chris rock was a was he out of line? Who's to say? But he made a, an off-color joke about Will Smith's wife, Jada Pickett Smith, and it resulted in Will Smith approaching Chris Rock on stage for everyone to see. Will Smith smacked him in the face, returned to his seat, and shouted twice, "Keep your wife's name or keep my wife's name out of your mouth." Was it staged? Was it real? Who knows? Apparently, according to one of our producers, Terry, um, he did issue an apology, which we can pull up here in a moment. Um, but Thomas, what are your initial thoughts on that? Man, where I come from, there would have been so much more embellishment there, but I like it. That was straight to the point. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I like I want to answer your hypothetical questions. Was it off, was it out of line? Kind of a little bit. Uh, did he get what he deserved? Also kind of a little bit. But at the same time, Chris Rock handled it like a fucking pro, man. It was he just like okay. Well, we're supposed to be here to do a documentary or to present a documentary, an award for a documentary. Like he stumbled through, but he just kept going. Shout out Chris Rock. I can't say that I would not have been this calm. I don't know. I think I would have like, I, I think the Code of Thunder would have shown up. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, uh, I look at it. I like how you asked if it was staged right off the bat. Because I think... It was not staged. I think it was just mm. a lot of perfect things happening all at the same time. Mm. Um, you know, and specifically, she's been very open about, you know, Jada Pickett-Smith, about her alopecia and how she's uncomfortable with losing her hair because that's kind of um, just a part of her core being and a part of, you know, black culture and the communities, you know, the hair and, 
you know, everybody, listen, I, I love my hair. I can't imagine not having my hair. So in that way, like, yeah, I totally get how someone could take offense to that. I also see how someone would, you know, want to stand up with violence if necessary for uh, his wife and family. I am not married. Important to note, but I still understand how someone would do that. Um, and I think, you know, in, in a way they were both wrong. And it sounds like, you know, I'm excited to see what this apology goes down because I heard that they squashed it already at the after party. Diddy came out and was like, yeah, man, I helped squash that because, you know, I'm, I'm Diddy Combs, you know, I'm in B.I.G. <laughs> um, you know, also shout out real quick because we're talking Diddy Combs. Uh, Ready to die or, or is it life after death? Life after death just passed. What was it? Uh, 25 years, I think. Uh, like oh. three or four days ago. Yeah. Just turned Holy. 25 years old. I didn't realize that album was older than me. <laughs> really? Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we came out in the same year. How about that? Okay. Okay. Um, that That is a bit of a shock, though. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. Well, yeah. So, like you said, they did kind of squash it as quickly as they could. We saw actors like Denzel Washington, um, Tyler Perry approach Will Smith during the, the commercial break for mm -hmm. that, that ceremony, not more than just a few minutes after um, those events took place, just calming him down. And he was getting hugs and they were patting him on the back. So it, it seemed like they, they had it all sorted out. I'm surprised that it went that far without anyone else getting involved though. Like I didn't realize anyone could just walk up on stage and assault someone like that. Not to mm -hmm. say it wasn't warranted. I, who, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm taking no position on who was right and who was wrong. Because yeah. who am I? But you can do that. <laughs> you can just walk up on stage and just clock someone in the face and then just go sit back down. I, I didn't realize that that was a thing. I feel like we're setting a pretty dangerous precedent um, since there Ooh. was no, no one else basically interfering with that. They kind of just let it play out. Anyone watching that who's even a little bit impressionable is going to think, wow, I didn't realize I was allowed to act like that. Um, yeah. Kanye I, that's, yeah yeah that's someone we're not talking about enough right now but um yeah no i i mean if you want let's just go ahead and, and get to will's apology on it because i feel like that's yeah. the news we ought to talk about yeah because um, i uh i you know you mentioned didn't know anyone could walk up on stage and you thought security would be there i have a little anecdote from the 70s for the yeah. first ever live oscars um about I'm, I'm trying to find the information really quick um but Marlon Brando had won the Oscar for, I believe, Best Supporting Actor in uh, for The Godfather. And, uh, of course, I'm not seeing it now. Oh, there it is. And um, they, he decided to have someone called Sashin Littlefeather uh, accept the award on his behalf. And this is 1973. Um She's booed and cheered by Hollywood at the Oscars and then mocked by Clint Eastwood immediately following and almost physically assaulted by John Wayne uh, as six security guards had to hold John Wayne back because he wanted to run on stage and hit the and hit her because she Whoa. was asking um, simply that indigenous people not be dehumanized in film, a.k.a. be played as savages and all of this. And, you know, hope and she's like wow. very like. I could play you the clip really quick, ladies and gentlemen. It's a minute and 17 seconds. Give me one. Technological difficulties is what happens when we do shit on the fly, kids. 
um that's why we like the live show you know we can we can toss in the video for our video audience and the audio of it for our audio listeners um here we go minute and 17 seconds accepting the award for marlon brando and the godfather disgusting little feathers but he very regretfully cannot accept this very generous award and the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry. Excuse me. And on television, in movie reruns, and also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I beg at this time that I have not intruded upon this evening and that we will in the future our hearts and our understandings will meet with love and generosity thank you on behalf of marlon brando i don't know if i should present this award on behalf of all the cowboys shot in all the john ford westerns over the years <laughs> 50 year difference or 49 year difference. Wow. That's so, uh, pretty petty, but yeah. Holy cow. Okay. All right. So um, it's been a while since the Oscars have seen something of this level. Yeah. But uh, it still happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, virtually nothing was done about it, at least not last night. Um, Will Smith went on to actually win the award for best actor, ironically, um, when everyone's asking whether or not this was staged. Um, if you ask me, I would say that if it's an award show for the best actor in the world, he's an actor. So, I mean, it's kind of what he does best. Um, mm -hmm. But regardless, when he had the opportunity to apologize on stage while he was giving his acceptance speech, he didn't mention anything. Um, but today on Instagram, he said he'd like to publicly apologize to Chris Rock. So he says that, quote, I was out of line and I was wrong. I'm embarrassed by my actions or I'm embarrassed, and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. He went on to say the Academy condemns the actions, or no, this is from the Academy straight up. Uh, the Academy condemns the actions of Mr. Smith at last night's show. We've officially started a formal review around the incident and we'll explore further action and consequences in accordance with our bylaws, hmm. standard of conduct, and California law. Um, so it seems like this is a very reactionary response. Uh, it's you know, very much in response to the outrage. Um, and I, that just brings me back to my point that nothing was done at the time of the incident, you know, that the show went on, you know, Will Smith mm -hmm. stayed in his seat and went on to win that award. I, there are basically two schools of thought. Either he knew he was getting that award and felt like he was the big man on campus that could do anything, or yeah. he felt pressured by his wife to stand up for her. Yes. I'm tempted to think it's the second one. Um, the mainly because he laughed at the joke when Chris Rock told it, and then he got upset because you saw Jada did not react to that positively. Whereas Will was just like, ah, you got me, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm only going to like take that and go a little further only because it gave me my favorite meme out of this whole thing. It's targeted right towards me. It's Will Smith laughing. And then Jada's over there, like, not looking great. 
and it says execute order 66 and then he's looking <laughs> angry and then he goes up and he slaps him and i'm like that is peak <laughs> thank you that is brilliant and also it has finally replaced child abuse batman slapping robin in the face hmm. it was very much for show very because he could have walked up and said keep my wife's name out of your mouth while he was up there he chose to get all the way back to his seat before he said that mm -hmm. um it was definitely a message that he was trying to get across it was just a matter of whose message it actually was because um he seemed to be having a good time up until jada gave him the stink eye so mm -hmm. i don't know if there's anything really left to say beyond that was it fake was it not i mean this is literally an award show for all the best actors in the world and the guy who did this literally won best actor uh so you decide I, uh, I appreciate your skepticism. Um, now let's move over to something that is absolutely amazing. And of course, <laughs> it's the Joker. The El Rata Alada website last week got to a point where you do. I don't even know. I don't care. They dropped the entire deleted scene of the Joker that was in there where he's in Arkham Asylum and Batman comes to talk. Um, and get his help have you seen this jrb oh absolutely i've seen this i'm looking for a good picture to pull up so we can share that with our uh our visual audience um there's a few shots of the joker mm -hmm. uh which uh, barry plays uh, just so well um there's not really one clear shot and this is done intentionally um to to you know try to keep some sort of mystery in this um but yeah, I, he looks freaking great. You only see like either his eyes at, or you see possibly um, his mouth and his really messed up smile and his teeth. Um, I'm going to try to share um, a picture of that here in a second. Um, but yeah, I got to say, I'm a huge fan. Um, I'm really digging that look. And uh, I'm hoping we get a lot more very, very soon. Uh, and here we got... a sort of a good picture uh someone piecing those those puzzle pieces together here mm. um trying to get a better look at barry's face this is obviously photoshopped with the, a combination of shots here but um man does he look scary what do you think i um yeah this is perfect dude and the the, the part that gets me his face weirdly enough i'm okay with it's the back of his head that creeps me out more than anything or set on fire even. yeah like yeah look at that it is, that is just wild ugh. it is scary like genuinely i never thought we could get like a scarier looking joker than ledger mm -hmm. and then they they show his face and i'm like okay yeah and then they show the back of his head and the scars on his arms and his hands and i'm like oh dear god my boy mm -hmm. what have they done to you and Absolutely. it's beautiful the way he plays the subtlety like the way he evokes invokes compassion in certain ways and how he it's like wow man he's really making me kind of like this guy you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah he's, he's not bad and it's like oh no, no he's, he's he's fucking insane we can't like the joker but right. then i i've heard some people be like oh i see why this was cut like this adds nothing it takes you out of the movie a i don't disagree in any way that it would have taken me out of the movie i would have only been thinking about that scene yes but there are some incredibly important threads that they left here on the cutting room floor that confused me until I saw the scene and pieced it together. I never, I, I didn't make sense why Batman thought 
that Riddler knew he was Bruce Wayne. Just never made sense to me. Like, except for, uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, you can't figure this guy out. Does he know? He might know, right? It leads to that point. In here, the Joker instantly ties it all kind of together because he's like, he's you. He's exactly like you in every way. And, and you know, and there's other things. Like, why is he missing all these clues? Like, Batman wouldn't miss these clues. But he even says, he's, he drops the line, you know, oh, you, oh, good point. He also points out that it's almost their anniversary as well. Mm-hmm. And I, he, he mentions that the, that, that Batman, uh, he's struggling and missing clues because, you know, it's personal, but it's because he thinks that the victims deserve it. Batman thinks the victims deserve it. And that's why he's mm-hmm. missing clues. And that's an amazing little thread that they went, you know, wrinkled into this scene. This scene, if it weren't the fucking Joker, would have stayed in the movie because it adds a like three or four little threads that are superbly important along the way as to why Batman is making his mistakes. The Joker straight up tells him the truth. And then follows it up with, or maybe he's this, that, or the other. Just adding layers of confusion on top of Bruce. And it's, I'm sorry, on top of Batman. Bruce doesn't exist in this movie, and I love it. Uh, So I love this scene. It's easily my favorite Joker thing of (laughs) anything. This is my favorite scene from the movie. I'm ready for a whole Joker movie with Barry Kay. Um, Dude, just, I never, I want to hear his voice a little bit more. And my issue you know, Rimke thinks that uh, Matt Rimke of the direct podcast, that's the direct podcast. He thinks, you know, he says that he, it sounds more ledgery. And I'm like, hmm, intriguing. I just hear Barry the whole time. I don't hear any other people, no character, none of it. I hear the actor's voice. Just like, yeah, man. Hey, you know, be nice, whatever. I'm just waiting for him to turn it on and just get guttural. Cause that'll be when it gets changing. That will be the Joker. I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, Barry, I definitely hear. Uh, he sounds a little more, not childish, but just younger and spryer almost. Ledger's yeah. Joker was very seasoned, very much like a like a veteran crime lord, if you will. Um, yes. This, this Joker still seems very inexperienced. Like he hasn't really found his footing as like a crime boss yet. He's more just a psychopath. Um, mm-hmm. I love the idea of batman consulting with the joker in arkham asylum that's something that i think we need much more of it was super present in the comics um and we've still really only scratched the surface with that in the dark knight um and some animation Mm. as well especially like injustice um but yeah yeah, like this is really just it's untapped territory um and there's a lot of potential there i I personally don't hear or see any other Joker. I thought it was super original the way they approached this. Um, yeah, I'm and I'm very open to see where they go with it next. Yeah, uh, me like you know you talk you, one last thing. Joker, cons, uh, Batman consulting with Joker is like my favorite thing mm. about their relationship because at the end of the day they're able to psych profile together in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I can't wait till he kills a Robin. Let's jump really quick um, to the comments because we've been ignoring you. It's, it's Terry McIver hanging out with us as always. Um, he's he was the one who brought attention that they had a an apology. He says his hometown and city won an Oscar. Belfast. Has he seen it? No. Does he intend to watch it? Probably not. He's lifted enough. Thanks. Um, and Terry McIver also says that uh, it was possibly the greatest Oscar acceptance speech ever from Little Feather. And then he says John Wayne came off quite a few times on the darker side of American nationalism. He is a self-professed white supremacist by his own word, John Wayne. So, you know, I'll take him at his word, sir. And then he says Joker in the Gotham series was pretty creepy, too. And that's I'm so glad you brought that up, Terry, because that is kind of what I thought. I felt like this was all three of those Jokers put together with the new 52 just yes scary skin situation. Yes, um, and new it 52. Does, and it does also remind me of uh, Mark Hamill's joker in the arkham series video games mm. um but enough about batman let's talk <laughs> about uh the the newest hero coming into the mcu allegedly and that is richard Ryder, aka nova per deadline mood knight writer here we go sabir pirzada almost Ooh. is scribing a nova project with marvel studios there is no word whether Nova will be a theatrical film or streaming series for Disney Plus, although sources say the latter is quote unquote likely. Earlier rumors pointed to the project's production kicking off sometime in 2023, and Nova is one of 24 unconfirmed projects Marvel Studios is reportedly developing. If you want to know about all of those, head over to thedirect.com. Our buddy Liam Crowley wrote that up. It is glorious. We will have an entire episode wrapped around that soon. I assure you, get prepped. What do you think about this, JRB? I think it's long overdue. Um, I'd not to say that there was uh, like a, a sore need for Nova in the MCU. It's not like there was a missing piece that he would have, you know, kind of answered uh, or would have, I guess, fixed for us um, in mm -hmm. the in the mm -hmm. current narrative. But at the same time we need nova in the mcu dude um we we're stretching a little bit further into the cosmic side of things um we've seen the nova core in the background for several films now it was decimated by thanos back in 2018 in infinity war and we still haven't heard much from them um i would love to see richard Ryder kind of emerge from that devastation as like you know thanos and his destruction being Richard Ryder's origin story as Nova. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not we'll get that, I don't know. That's a super popular fan theory, and Marvel usually doesn't lean into those. Um, but sometimes we're right. And uh, I, I think now would be a very natural stepping off point for that character, um, especially with a movie like The Marvels coming out, where you're you're having several heroes clash and uh, possibly team up up in space. Um, there's a lot mm -hmm. of room to grow, obviously. So, um, I'm assuming Captain Marvel will play heavily into his introduction, possibly even more than Guardians will, uh, just because she has spent just no time on Earth since she left back in the 95. Um, she was here for Endgame and then she bolted again. So um, I'm super excited to see how they're going to write him in because I don't think it's going to be similar to any comic origin we've seen. 
Yeah, I um, I'm not big into the Nova canon of it all. Um, I know of Sam Alexander a little bit more from the Spider-Man cartoons growing up. <coughs> I mean, when I was 20, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't watching Disney Channel when I was in college. I assure you, I'm an adult. But like, um, <laughs> but like, I love the idea that we are going to get Richard Ryder doing. I, I get this feeling that it's going to be a Nova series and it's going to be like Hawkeye where we get Richard Ryder on his way out, introducing Sam Alexander. But the difference is we haven't seen anything of Richard Ryder, which mm -hmm. might help in this ending. Like he's just worn out, drained. Um, and in the comics, his origin story is that the, uh, the Nova Corps is wiped out and he's the last of them. Mm -hmm. So it's already set up in the MCU. His origin story is made. What did he do since then? That'll be an amazing thing to, to see where that goes. And having Sam Alexander um, is, uh, first off, a great representation move for the MCU. And why not stay young, baby? I mean, we, we're setting up the Young Avengers, you know. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so, anything else on the uh, Nova Corps? Uh, no, um, I, I think that there's still a lot in the air. You know, I, I like that we got confirmation that it's going to be Richard Ryder. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, a lot of people were kind of worried that they were just going to skip right over him. And as much as I want to see Sam Alexander, I think Richard Ryder is owed that much because, um, you know, we, we have plenty of time to, to work Sam in, in a later project, you know, passing yes. the, you know, the passing of the mantle of Nova will be much cooler rather than just starting with Sam. So, um, but anything past that, uh, you know, I guess we'll hear more when production kicks off sometime next year as it's being reported right now. So um, mm -hmm. we'll keep our eyes open and our, our ears listening for it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, speaking of keeping your ears and eyes out today, it was announced that Ryan Coogler is going to be involved with the iron heart series on Disney plus Anthony Ramos came out and said, um, where is it? Ah, uh, he was mentioning that it's an amazing project with incredible people. Uh, shouted out Shinaka Hodge. I don't think I said that right. And Ryan Coogler and just like a dope squad, Dominic Thorne. And I feel blessed and grateful until this point. No one has heard that Ryan Coogler is involved with this. Correct. 
Not as far as I know. I We knew that Ironheart would be, or well, that Riri Williams would be showing up in some capacity in Black Panther 2. But mm-hmm. I don't think we had any inclination that uh, Ryan Coogler would be involved at all in the Ironheart series. So this is huge. Very huge. And I'm wondering if um, it was his idea to bring Riri in for Black Panther and then his idea to do the Ironheart series. Mm, could be. It absolutely could be because we're even going to be visiting her alma mater at MIT, which is a very popular alma mater in the MCU with both Tony Stark and uh, Rhodey both going there, as well as MJ and Ned on their way after the events of Spider-Man No Way Home. So that's a big connection point for the MCU. And for him to work that into his movie, hmm. he might have some serious interest in, in Ironheart and in expanding that part of the universe, too, which would be really cool to see. Is there crime in Boston? <laughs> I'm sure I could do some Spider-Manning up there. <laughs> wicked crime. Wicked crime. Um, where, where are we at in this show? Oh, all right. I know you're ready. I know you're ready. Let's, let's, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, droids of all ages and specs. Oh, boy. Get ready. Because the Morbius director knew about Tony Stark's death in Endgame and had to keep it a secret. I don't care. Listen, I had a whole Morbius spoilers thread in this show. And then I just realized I don't care. Morbius, Sony, I was ready to go see this movie despite bad reviews. And then you gave me all the information that I really wanted to go see the movie for. And I didn't like the way that it was described. So you sold me on not going to your movie. I'm very sorry. (laughs) I'll wait for it on streaming. Um, do you care that the Morbius director knew about Tony Stark's death? I don't know. Uh, because how was Sony involved in the making of, of Avengers Endgame past Spider-Man's involvement? Um, I it, It's so strange to me that they would have gone so far out of their way to cue Espinoza in on some of these secrets, who, the director of Morbius. Mm-hmm. Um when he's saying that they hadn't even started filming or when they just started filming, you know, Avengers Endgame hadn't been released yet. So he had to be let in on these secrets and they are marketing it or were marketing it at least as Morbius being somehow connected to the MCU. There's a lot of little Easter eggs in there and they're saying, Oh, it's all connected. And you know, got it, you know, with the multiverse coming into play, anything's possible. Um, uh, but to, to go as far as to spoil one of the biggest moments, a, a detail that Marvel didn't even let essentially the majority of their cast in on. You know, Tony Stark dying in that movie was known by maybe a handful of people at Marvel Studios, and that's including Robert Downey Jr. I don't even, how many other actors in that movie even knew about that? Because there weren't many. Uh, but to, to see that the Morbius director was also cued in on that super crucial detail that they had to hide from essentially everybody involved in that production um, really confuses me on where Morbius stands in this universe, uh, especially after the reports that so much has been removed from the film, specifically the, the details relating to Spider-Man um, that were initially pointing to a greater multiverse what on earth are they doing with this movie? Hmm. No idea. Convincing me to not see it. <laughs> if we're being 
painfully. I'll, I'll see it on. for the both of us because I am still excited for Morbius. I I think it's going to be cool. I don't. I'm not expecting a lot with, from the story, but the visuals look awesome. Um, introducing a new Marvel character that really I don't think anyone else would have even touched right now um, is super cool. Um, and so I, I still have high hopes for it. Not high hopes, but I have hopes for it. <laughs> I, I want to be thrilled, and I think it could do that for me. So I'll see it for the both of us, and I'll let you know how it goes. He's got high hopes. He's got high hopes. Oh, man, I could not not think about the Goofy movie right there. <laughs> Let's jump to our last story, because I think that's going to segue perfectly into Moon Knight, and then that will segue perfectly into the mature Disney Plus situation. Mm. Marvel confirms six MCU movies and shows are going to be coming out in 2022. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be like, what? Hold on. What about what if? Well, listen, during a special event in Thailand, they officially confirmed all six live action MCU movies and original series slated to premiere in 2022. Those are on the big screen, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, the only movie that matters. And Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Meanwhile, Disney Plus will introduce new MCU heroes into the fold with Oscar Isaac's Isaac's Moon Knight in just a few, uh, what is it, less than 36 hours. It's going to be amazing time. Uh, March 30th, Iman Vellani's Miss Marvel, June 8th, and Tatiana Maslany's uh, She-Hulk sometime this year. That's right. They removed all the dates. Now, that does not mean that What If is not going to come out because it's already been said that it will premiere, um, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yeah, sometime this year. Um, so that means um, that Groot series, if it's animated, could drop as well. Anything animated could drop this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they also did not mention, well, they said series, but we also have Guardians of the Galaxy's holiday special. Uh in December of this year. So holiday time, special time, be with the family. Hopefully, dude, that what if Nova, you know, debuts on the holiday special? <laughs> hey, James Gunn <laughs> did say he's going to be introducing a super important character in that special. So maybe yeah, it's Mark, it's Mark Hamill as Santa Claus. Yeah. Ho, dude. ho, oh, ho. Man. Oh, I love it. I didn't know I needed that until I saw Matt's ho, ho, ho. Beautiful. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, love it absolutely love it yeah we got a lot more live action mcu content coming um but there's some stuff missing that we're not too sure where it's gonna fall um mm. i'm super excited for black panther too especially with that iron heart connection i'm so we'll have some a great idea of where iron heart's leading us by the end of the year which i'm super happy about yes s- same i you know we mentioned that 24 rumored show situation that is going to be an amazing episode. That is probably going to take forever. That's probably going to be the whole episode. We probably won't do anything else. Just hop in, talk about that list. Um, you know, I find it very interesting that they're actually confirming something for once. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, it's because, nice to get a little confirmation. Yeah, you know, and I enjoy the idea that it's, I feel like this could be a really good way to do things. You get six a year, right? six projects mm-hmm. which can average one every two months but it won't i mean it's gonna average we nothing comes out until may right for marvel well we have moon knight starting this week and then after oh, that yes. we don't have moon anything knight. until multiverse of madness 
Because so, Moon Knight's only six episodes. So that's only going to carry us probably till the end of April. And then we'll have like a, I think a one week break, maybe two weeks until nah, Multiverse of it'll, Madness. It'll carry us. Um, episode five of Moon Knight will be Multiverse of Madness week. No way. Seriously? Yes. Yep. Oh, uh, that is beautiful. Okay. I th- Yeah, I think, or maybe it's the finale. It's one of those two. Oh, episode um, six will debut on May 4th, which is a okay. day before the Multiverse that of Madness. It. So yeah, that, that carries us it. right to it. Yep. That's awesome. And then, you know, then we have less than a month or a little over. Yeah, no, less than a month. No, a little over. Yeah, a little over a month for Miss Marvel. I'm sorry. I'm already in my head going, Kenobi! <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going, bam, 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 bam. It's a banger of it for me when it comes to some content. Oh, I um, love it. Love it. Can't wait for Kenobi. But, you know, Joe goes right into Miss Marvel. And then Miss Marvel goes right into Thor Love and Thunder. Will Miss Marvel and Thor Love and Thunder crossover? Oh, yeah. And hey, look at like, that question we just got from Terry. Will there be any crossover episodes in these shows that set up the start of the next show? Love it. We're all on the same page today. I don't know. Ah. I, I, we haven't seen it yet, really. Not totally. We've seen characters in the same places with Hawkeye being in uh, at the Rockefeller no, Center yeah. and then Spider-Man swinging past it. Um, but we haven't really gotten those crossovers to to introduce the next series, have we? Um, we have not. No, no, um, no we haven't. Let me think. Nope, 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 nope. Nothing we has have... introduced next series. Each series stands on its own. Yeah, so far, because they've all been so vastly different. You know, you had WandaVision, which was a thing of its own. Then Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki were both kind of in their own worlds in their own regard. Uh, and then we had, what, What If in Hawkeye? Yeah. And, uh, well, What If, we don't know yet. You know, I'm sure we'll see elements of that in Multiverse of Madness, but definitely not a, a secure, solid, uh, you know, this is going to lead to this. And then Hawkeye certainly didn't. It set up a lot of stuff, but didn't really introduce anything new other than Echo and Kate Bishop. Um, so yeah, that this will be a great opportunity to do something like that. I think Miss Marvel... Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Well, why do you do this, Kate Bishop? Kate Bishop is guy, bro. <laughs> oh, man. What a good time. I definitely started speaking in a Russian accent for a couple weeks. <laughs> I was getting weird looks at work, man. They're like, why are you doing this? Come on, bro. You don't watch Hawkeye? King Bishop is guy, bro. Hey, Terry's um, right. We do have connections. Rogers the Musical appeared mm-hmm. in both Hawkeye and Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, yes. I think it did show up in some recent marketing for another project. I, I just I can't think of which one it is off the top of my head. But there is Ooh. another spot where that pops up. Multiverse of um, Madness, maybe. Multiverse of Madness, Because that's in New York. We know that um, Moon Knight is going to be in set in Egypt. And we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be set in hmm. Egypt to talk Moon Knight predictions. It's just a few hours away. We're going to just throw some stuff at the wall and see what happens. I'm very excited. You're very excited. The dog's oh, yeah. excited. We'll be right back. We are a touring acoustic duo crashing kitchens around the country. We go from house to house every Friday night and we create music, we create food, a good time, we stream it live and we do it for free. So now we're just really kind of like trying to develop it and build a community group that people believe in, then they'll help us. 
So we played from our rehearsal room. We played from the bathroom. Thankfully, that didn't catch on. I probably played guitar in my room, not for anyone, in front of anyone. Nobody heard for probably about 10 years. And then one Friday night, we played from the kitchen. It's the main place people want to be. It's where the food is. It's where the drink is. It's where the best lighting is. You can go to any party, and I guarantee you, the kitchen is going to be popping. Our ultimate goal, I think, would be to crash kitchens every Friday all around the world. And we're back. Some guy named John Ross Bradford commented on the stream saying a poster for Rogers the Musical appeared in a set photo for Secret Invasion. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, that's a, a kind of intriguing. Um, either Secret Invasion is going to show Rogers the Musical running for uh, record time on Broadway or Secret Invasion is going to be a little bit closer to the current events we're watching than we expected. Um, so I'm. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm, I'm thinking they'll probably hang around in the 2024 area a little bit longer uh, so we can kind of catch up to them in real time since we're still in 2022. Um, so that would, that could be a cool way to do that. Um, or Rogers, the musical is just reappearing on Broadway every holiday season. Who knows? Stick with me here. What if secret invasion is not what we think it is. And it's actually following Nick Fury over a long amount of time, a longer amount of time than we expect, as he slowly starts finding these little wrinkles of scrolls and then realizes, oh shit, these motherfuckers invading us. <laughs> I definitely think it's going to revolve around him and his knowledge of the scrolls because, uh, well, he's really the only one who's had exposure to them outside of Captain Marvel and mm -hmm. uh, her clique. So, um, it'll definitely, uh, the series is definitely going to be based heavily on his knowledge of the scrolls. Um, and I definitely think we're going to get at least some sort of montage leading up to what he was working on in Spider-Man far from home, which we still have not gotten a follow-up on three years after that film was released. So, um, we're going to have to get something. It's going to be a rather big explanation that they're going to need the space of a Disney plus show to really, you know, flesh out and explain properly. Um, I like the idea of following Nick and seeing those clues he picks up on over the years. Wouldn't it be amazing if we saw a shot of him from, you know, th the first Thor movie where he had to send Coulson out to Arizona or to New Mexico to, to inspect, you know, Mjolnir being stuck in the ground because he's too busy with other things. You know, we see him dealing with Iron Man 
in Iron Man 2. But what else is he working on? Is he also tracking down where Skrulls could be at the time? Because he hasn't seen one since the 90s. But then we fast forward to Far From Home and all of a sudden he's buddy-buddy with Talos. Which, mm -hmm. you know, we know he's kept that line of communication open. So what else has he been up to in the background? I would absolutely love to see that. Yes. Hmm. I just love Ben Mendelsohn, so I'm 100% here for anything he does in Secret Invasion. Uh, let's jump to Moon Knight. Uh, what is your comic history with Moon Knight, JRB? Uh, very recent. Um, I, in the direct Discord, um, David Nestor, guy I've brought up a couple times, and a, a couple other people in there, um, we all did a, a read-along, if you will, of uh moon knight comic book um but that was probably the first exposure i actually had to moon knight in his own setting that wasn't like a like a cameo or like a, a guest appearance in someone else's comic um that you know anything past that i really wasn't too familiar with but we read the series by uh warren ellis and um I gotta say it was a blast every ep or episode every comic was like a, a mini episode of like some were espionage and others were digging into his emotional life and then some others were just fist fights the entire time and car chases and plane chases and uh yeah it was it, it was a great time so um ever since we read that i think it was probably last spring or summer now um it's wow. been quite a bit um i've definitely had high hopes for the film leading up to that or series, I should say. Sorry. <laughs> series, yes. Um, I have no at all uh, brush-ups with Moon Knight. Well, uh, again, probably in cameos during the War of the Realms situation. That was a lot of fun. Um, in case you're wondering, Thor wins. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> spoiler that. Spoilers! Um, uh, I'll come down there, rip your arms off, stop them off your butt. But I, <laughs> I'm here for anything Marvel does. And... I am, I'm, I'm enjoying this part where we're getting into characters that I don't know about. Like, mm. it's not like Thor where I can go into this movie and be like, I right, look, I read the comic. You need at least three Thors to beat Gore because that's how powerful he is. Are we going to do time travel? Well, we got Jane Foster. Well, we got Thor Odinson. So we naturally got to get Beta Ray Bill voiced by Will Ferrell. That's right. I fucking said it. Calling it out now. <laughs> um, and mocap because why not uh and oh, they're gonna yeah. take out christian bale's <laughs> gore the god butcher right like i'm a hundred percent here for that but moon knight uh i'm expecting fights i'm expecting some great egypt stuff um and i'm really really excited to get into what seems to be the super supernatural side of the mcu looks like he's fighting werewolves we i mean looking into his brief history he is always fighting some kind of monster and demon i love constantine so it'll be really fun to see that but i love the idea of this character study that they've talked about mm -hmm. diving into the emotional core of these characters david thompson i won't say he hates series but he loves movies he's a movie guy i'm a movie guy but i watch tv way more than movies growing up and when i watched a movie it was on my tv so you know when it comes to watching tv i prefer to watch shows on my tv and movies on the big screen um so i really enjoy the fact that we're getting these really deep long character studies in the mcu which i've been asking for 
since I want to say somewhere around Civil War when I realized what they were really trying to do. Um, and that is Marvel is taking this idea that, well, we have a few issues and it leads to this event. Well, we have a few episodes and it leads to this finale. And you take that and you do it in the movie form. You have 23 issues of the Infinity Saga. And now you get six issues of this mini story with Moon Knight and Mark Spector and Stephen Grant and Khonshu. And we're going to possibly meet Blade, possibly meet a bunch of other characters. Maybe meet nobody. We're in London. Last time we saw London was Eternals. Mm. Okay. Last time we saw it, quite literally, was Blade talking to Dane Whitman. So, very likely that we could get this. Maybe motherfucking Ghost Rider shows up. What? Could you imagine? What? Like, could you imagine? Ah, that'd be so, that'd be amazing. Dude, so, my comic book history, not there. My hype level, all the way there. And... Uh, I'm really excited to learn about this character along with casual fans. Um, Because even, you know, Hawkeye, I I knew enough about Hawkeye through uh, past history and comics. All those series last year, I was like, I kind of know what's going to happen. And for the most part, I was kind of right. Except for what if that was way out, way off the wall. (laughs) And and Loki, once I realized what they were, what they might do. And then they did what I was hoping they would do. I just couldn't handle my own emotions. Bring me more Kang. Um, but let's talk some predictions. Have you got any good predictions for Moon Knight? What are you excited for, actually, for Moon Knight? I'm really excited for a new character study more than anything because of the series that we got last year, they were all focused on someone we already knew. And whether or not it was expanding that person's story or it was introducing a new version of that character with a different story, there was familiarity. There's mm-hmm. literally nothing about this guy in the MCU until now. So we're getting a fresh new face leading his own show, which I got to say is a bold move. You know, they've only been doing these Disney Plus series for a year. And yeah, they've all been fairly successful and received really well for the most part. Um, but they've all been characters that everybody knows and loves. I would say Hawkeye would be the riskiest of those just because he's always been known as kind of like a a background character um so bringing in a fresh face like moon knight i think i'm most excited to see a character and where they take him when there's no history um that they have to worry about catering to um Mm -hmm. i i I think that they have the most freedom that they could ever have with a, a show with this character because it's so outside the box in terms of the supernatural nature like you were saying um the comic lore is somewhat limited compared to other characters so they have that creative liberty to to add their own elements where they see necessary so if they want to mess with his power set like they're doing with someone like captain marvel they're more than able to Mm -hmm. um it seems like they're going to stick to his origin in the comics at least sort of well um but the thing i'm most excited for is khonshu that creepy mother is just he's he's lurking in the trailers you never really get a clear shot of him except like a silhouette of him he's always sneaking up on oscar isaac's uh mark specter or or he's he's chasing him into an elevator you you see Mm -hmm. him you see glimpses of him but it i i can't wait to see that reveal where we get to you know hear him bellow when he talks and, and 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 overpower mark and 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 see the fear that 
that he kind of in, um, puts into into Mark's heart. Um, I think that's going to be really cool, really different than what we've seen so far. Um, and I, I'm really I'm really excited to see uh, this, you know, defenders of the, the defender of those uh, who travel by night. I, I think that's a, a super interesting concept. I think um, I I agree with everything you just said. It's so beautiful. You say a lot of things that spark ideas in my cats of a brain. You know what I'm saying? Two peas in a pod. <clears throat> Three peas if we count the other brain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're but- Mark Spector. we digress let's go we digest um i (laughs) thank you what a classic family guy reference um i i love the idea that we're finally getting ethan hawk in like a big ip i don't honestly remember the last time he was in a big ip of any kind he's always been kind of um he's just like a a thespian you know i look at ethan hawk and i go ah no He's a thespian. He goes after. He goes after yeah. something where he can dig deep. And when I look at Oscar Isaac, kind of get the same vibe. Uh, Terry McIver mentions that he's um, playing more than one Marvel character, and he's joining Chris Evans in doing that, which will be a fun, fun time. Uh, fun, funny that they both come from Fox playing a character, and they come and play mm. another character. Interesting. Um, uh, he also says when it comes to Moon Knight, think Blade with a personality disorder. And he said that if we get Ghost Rider, he's hopeful we get Robbie Reyes from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ooh, more sad on note- that later, Terry. More yes, on that later. Sad notes for you, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> um, also in the comments, Polar Knights on Twitch says, what are the what is the odds I meet the other cowboy fan? We are two now. Yes. Hey, no my, more, no less. my fiance is a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. So now you got three. Great to meet you, Polar Knights. Great to meet you. Great to meet you. Way to be here. Go Cowboys. My God, I wish. You know, I need to make a meme of Jerry Jones being Chris Rock and then Will Smith being Cowboys fans because God damn it. <laughs> That's all we want to do half the time. Just slap Jerry in the face and be like, stop it, Jerry. But really what it is, is it's the other way around. That's the reality of it. Is it's Jerry Jones slapping you in the face constantly. Every year <laughs> when we hire bad coaches, we don't play pel- Oh my God, I'm not even going to get started. Anyway. Anyways, back to Moon Knight. Um. Have you okay? You're a part of the media. In case people are wondering, there are some folks out there who have seen the first four episodes of Moon Knight. Yeah. Have you seen any of them? No, no, no. Going in completely cold, completely blind, just like everybody else. Love it. So, do you have any uh, like outstanding predictions for this show? Um, I, I. My only prediction for this show, and this is just really more of a shot in the dark, and this, we're going to get more into this later when we talk about Disney Plus venturing into the mature side of content. Um, I, I think that this is going to be a huge stepping on, off point for a new sector of the MCU. Um, and Matt Rimke actually did a, a, an awesome job of kind of uh, sectioning off the different um, parts of the MCU. And, and, and so there's MCU Street, which brings in characters like Spider-Man or Daredevil, you know, guys that are low to the ground real you know down to earth type stuff and although moon knight is going to be exploring a, a supernatural nature um of the mcu it, it, it's also going to show a vigilante who who 
as the protector of the night. He's a lot like Batman where he, he suits up at night and he kicks ass. Um, mm-hmm. And that sounds a lot like Daredevil. That sounds a lot like Luke Cage, even Iron Fist, Heroes for Hire, The Punisher. Um, a lot of Netflix content that we've gotten. So I, I think that if anything, Moon Knight is going to kind of set that tone to make transitions like Daredevil, transitions like Jessica Jones, if they want, feel a lot more natural in the MCU instead of going, whoa, you know, where's all this super mature content coming from? And Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, Moon Knight's still going to be PG-13. It's still going to be family friendly, but mm-hmm. it's starting to push that boundary. And uh, Pierre, uh, Chan- uh, I always butcher his last name, Chanlu. So sorry, Pierre, if I, if I said that wrong. Uh, at the Direct, released an awesome article that I've been waiting to read for literally, it feels like over a year now he's been working on this. Um, And it was, no, Moon Knight does not need to be rated R. Um, And so I'm really excited uh, to that point um, to see Moon Knight in a medium where he doesn't have to be rated R, but he can set the tone for people who are going to be rated R. Um, You know, it's mainly Khonshu that drives that, um, you know, that, that more animal side of Moon Knight, the the the, mm-hmm. the kind of the butcher, if you will, the 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 really aggressive kind of over the top violent guy. Um, if we can see just little pieces of of Kanshu kind of pushing Mark over the edge, there um, we see him start to start to take measures that he wouldn't have taken as a normal human. That I think can lead the way for things like Daredevil to really go over the edge. And really lean into that TV MA rating. Um, so although Moon Knight absolutely does not need to be rated R and it won't be, I think I'm predicting that it's going to be that stepping off point for the mature side of content where people can really get a better feel for the darker side of Marvel that we'll be seeing starting with the Defender series from Netflix. Yeah. Um, I really hope that people don't lose their freaking minds with moon Knight, because we live in a world where everyone overreacts right um oh yeah we've seen it with every marvel show so far it's the best thing ever when it comes out and then when the next thing's out all of a sudden it's terrible it's terrible i i'm 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 worried that there's gonna be a sect who just bitch and moan that it's too scary for kids because they're not paying attention to the parental controls. <laughs> like, I find it hilarious that people are often bitching about that, right? And like, oh, why would we put mature content on Disney Plus? Well, through a simple thing called parental controls, you can just control what your kids see. 
Well, no, they can get past that. Well, then maybe don't teach your kids about technology when they're two years old. <laughs> maybe that's a smart move. I don't, don't know. Give them control of the streaming service then. Yeah. You hold the remote. Um, but it's it's very exciting. And that that Moon Knight's gonna be this press push into a little bit darker edge. And as we saw in the Batman, you don't have to be rated R to be terrifying, to be edgy, to be violent. That movie could have been rated R, but it's not. So it's going to be really exciting if they take another movie or another character. Like you could make a, a Wolverine movie that is like right near the edge of rated R and make it like the Batman and it would be completely fine. Like, you don't have to show it all. And that's kind of the point of MCUs. A lot of times, a lot of stuff that happens, you don't see it. It's referenced to. It's mentioned. If you don't watch every movie, you just catch a glimpse. Oh, I kind of broke Harlem. A movie that's now going to HBO Max. Also breaking Harlem. Um, But I am very excited that you were talking about Daredevil. And you were talking about these the defender saga coming to disney plus because that segues beautifully into our next topic oh i didn't talk about my moon night predictions oh shit um well uh all right blade will show up mm-hmm. we will get a mention of the character that is werewolf by night which is a holiday special, a Halloween special. If I'm not mistaken, is that supposed to be this year? Next year is the Halloween special. Do you remember? Werewolf by Night was originally supposed to be this year. Um, I've been wondering, is it going to be an animated thing? Ooh, I like that a lot. That would actually make a lot of sense if it was. Because Michael Giacano is coming in, right? And you you can make it an animated Halloween special. And it's mm-hmm. set after Multiverse of Madness. So, like, by that point, we might have already met Werewolf by Night. Who knows? But I think we get a, a mention of that character in Moon Knight. And we're in London. We're not that far away from the same museum that Dane Whitman is working at. Maybe we get the debut of the Black Knight. Oh. Yeah. I like that a lot. I'm gonna that could swing. be really That's- great. That's my big swing, because, like, I love Kit Harrington, and Jon Snow may not know anything, but Dane Whitman might. And, I, listen, they do that, because that, that sword, if I'm not mistaken, can travel the multiverse, if I'm not. Oh, uh, am I thinking of Captain Britain and Excalibur? Yeah. There you go. Shit. Shit. All right. Anyways, a lot of swords, a lot of fun. I thought you know, swords <laughs> were your thing and guns were my thing. I do um, like that. I like it a lot. The Dane was definitely teasing some super ma- supernatural element um, at the end of Eternals and uh, Blade coming in very naturally. Um, being in London, like you said, Moon Knight could run into them just because of the trouble that Dane's getting himself into. Mm-hmm. That could absolutely be the case. So um, that would definitely help out with uh, my where Eternals stands in my mind. Um, I They left so many loose ends that it just felt like one big intro and didn't really feel like a solid movie. So if I can start getting some answers to that, maybe I'll enjoy watching Eternals a little more, which I did. We watched last night and I uh, found some things that I actually really enjoyed. So 
Um, we can talk more about that later. But yes, let's get into our main topic of discussion, which is Disney Plus bringing in the TVMA super mature rating for their content with the parental lock included. Um, I like how they kind of tied a bow on that. And we're just like, yeah, here's a passcode now, just in case uh, your kids use this. Um, like it wasn't a Disney <laughs> streaming service this whole time. But um, I'm super excited that uh, Marvel is finally embracing this more mature side of content. Um, it almost feels like the whole Netflix saga with the Defenders and all of them was just a test run. That it was just a, this long experiment. Like, okay, over time, do do people really buy into this? Um, clearly, they did with Daredevil. Uh, three seasons, and then it was canceled, and all hell broke loose. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you had two seasons of Luke Cage, three seasons of Jessica Jones two seasons of Iron Fist, a Defenders crossover series, and two seasons of Punisher. So literally all of them got renewed for at least a second season. So there's some serious success to be recognized um, on that side of things. And now Disney Plus has all of it, and it seems like they're just getting started. So with that have in mind... Have you seen them all, all the Defender saga? I did not watch season three of Jessica Jones. Um, that's the only... Yeah, that's it. That's the only season I haven't seen of any of them. Um, I mean, I've only watched Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. I've only watched each of those through one time, and it was when they premiered. So it's been quite some time since I've actually gotten familiar with that content. Um, but yeah, I've seen it all, most of it. Just not that last season, Jessica Jones. And from what I heard, it was probably good that I didn't. Um, but yeah, now it's time to usher in a new era of mature content. And now we can look at the MCU and literally anything is up for grabs. So with that in mind, um, the guys, the people over at the direct asked if I could help compile a list of all the best IPs that I think could succeed with the TVMA rating. So without further ado, let's dive right in. <laughs> First off the bat, Terry's going to love this one. Ghost Rider. I think that if anyone were to get a mature rated series on Disney Plus, it should be a character like Ghost Rider. Terry says that if we get Ghost Rider, I'm hopeful it's Robbie Reyes from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I got to say, I agree with that. Um, Robbie Reyes was left in an awesome kind of uh, cliffhanger spot when he reappeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and it was shown that he could even open a multi-dimensional portal with his chain that looked just a little too similar to Dr. Strange's mystic arts. So with that mm. in mind, I, I think that Robbie Reyes was a much more successful attempt at the character than Nicolas Cage's Johnny Blaze was in the 2007 film and the, the subsequent sequel film that was also a soft reboot that just kind of like screamed what are we doing with this character um robbie reyes being brought into the fold i think was an awesome kind of revamp for that character it brought in a, a new a new guy that was ghost rider it showed johnny blaze kind of handing off the spirit of vengeance to him at the in his origin agents of shield and we saw that robbie was much more tormented he was much darker much grittier much angrier because the spirit of vengeance was literally tormenting this guy's soul um, and 
but because of the TV 14 rating that agents of shield had, he was kind of limited in how he could really express that anger. And so it really resulted in him just punching guys over and over and over again, right in the face um, with no blood, no bruising, nothing, um, which is fine. But at the same time, you're missing out on the brutality of Ghost Rider. Um, you're you know, missing out on vengeance. Vengeance. Uh, vengeance is kind of a hot topic right now. I think Marvel should capitalize on that. And you're right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be PG-13 or it doesn't have to be rated R. It can be PG-13 and it can still work. But Marvel has that allowance now to really dive deep into it. So they could bring Robbie Reyes back and flesh him out a little more. It seemed like there was something there that they wanted to tell that they weren't ready to tell yet, especially with those portals he was able to open that looked literally just like a sling ring. Um, he, uh, he, they were supposed to have a Ghost Rider series mm -hmm. on Hulu, and that was going to lead to a whole horror division on Hulu. Uh, yes. With, uh, leading to Maelstrom or, or Hellstrom or something like that. Hellstrom, that's right. And that that's my next point, is that not long after the Ghost Rider oh. Hulu series was canceled in 2019, the Direct exclusively reported that a Ghost Rider project was rumored to be in development at Marvel Studios. So as soon as it got canceled at Hulu... There was already talk that Marvel was picking it up and producing something for their own streaming service. So even though Hulu couldn't move forward with it, they still wanted to move forward in general. So my point was, if the initial plan was to launch the series on Hulu before pulling it back, then it's likely that the series would have been too mature to add to Disney Plus at that time. Because you had shows like Marvel's MODOK and uh, Hitmonkey that were both on Hulu, and those were way too graphic to be put on Disney Plus. So Hulu was clearly their outlet for the more mature content. Um, but, you know, if Marvel was waiting, waiting for the right moment to introduce Ghost Rider um, without taking the same risks at the box office as like the Nicolas Cage films, but still wanting it to be dark and gritty, um, mm -hmm. then, a, you know, a TVMA setting um, on Disney Plus is, you know, it's a good indication that we're finally at that moment that we've been waiting for where they can give us that Ghost Rider project they've had in the back of their minds for years now. Um, so Ghost Rider would be a huge uh, candidate for a TV MA series. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I love it. I'm I never saw any of the Nicolas Cage, Johnny Blaze, uh, Ghost Rider stuff. Didn't look good to me. Didn't want to waste my time. I had grown. What was so 07? That was after Batman Begins. So I was like all in on good movies. Uh, good comic book movies at that point. Batman Begins was like peak comic book movie at that time for a realistic modern take. Um, you know, I and I'm gonna get catch flack from David for that because Spider-Man 2 is great, but it's still very comic booky. Mm -hmm. And Ghost Rider felt very comic booky. So when Iron Man came out, it didn't feel like a comic book. But when you go back and watch it, you're like, oh shit, it really is a comic book. Like <laughs> they just the way that they did it, it was so subtle that you don't realize it as you're watching it. And then they've just become less giving a fuck. Like, it's a comic book, ready to go. Mm. Uh, Ghost Rider would be fantastic. I loved Robbie Reyes in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was superbly hyped for his take, uh, his show. I was actually going to watch it. I was going to man up and watch the scary stuff. Then they canceled it. Um, 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Personally, <laughs> if they ever do a Robbie Reyes, I hope they bring him back because that actor just crushed it. And I love the tortured soul of it all. More than anything, that's what really drew me into that version on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and, you know... Uh, it would be really nice to see him do more than just punch people in the face. Mandalorian cut a dude's head off and cut a guy in half. In case anyone is ever wondering what you can get away with on Disney plus, he cut a guy and a table in half. Let Ghost Rider cut a head off with his chain. <laughs> I love that. That's I, awesome. I do want to say that I'm intrigued. I do have one character that's not on your list. That I'm intrigued oh, to bring up later on. I love that. If I don't okay. bring him up along the way. All right. Yes. Don't hold back. All right. Well, uh, up next is uh, a mutant, um, a vicious mutant, opposite of Wolverine. He finds himself, but he actually appeared first in an Iron Fist comic. It's Sabretooth. Um, his mm -hmm. mutation is much like Wolverine. He's got the regenerative regenerative health. He has the animal-like instincts. Uh, he's got claws on his fingernails instead of coming out of his fists like Wolverine does. But um, by the age of 13, he had already killed multiple people. His mutation had led him to a life of violence and craving um, uh, aggression. And so his parents chained him up and treated him like an animal. And that just led to further abuse. And he ended up killing his father and, and pillaging a town shortly after that, all at the age of 13. Um we haven't really seen that. X-Men Origins Wolverine introduced Sabretooth, reintroduced, I should say, um, and still kind of missed the mark on what exactly he's supposed to be. He was kind of cool and collected, and that's not really what Sabretooth is about. He's kind of the flip side of Logan. You know, he um, X-Men Origins Wolverine kind of showed him uh, growing up as a young boy next to Wolverine as if they were brothers, but they really only communicated the mistreatment of Sabretooth by showing him as like the, the unfavorable son in the family, yeah. like the, the, the older brother that didn't get the love, you know? And um, I think that's just doing this character a huge disservice. So like giving him a platform on Disney plus with a TVMA rating can allow Marvel to properly introduce Victor Creed, who's Sabretooth um, with all of his flaws, all of his damages and, you know, explore his backstory and what made him into the animal that he became. And in doing so, they can create a greater appreciation for Wolverine because you'll get to see someone like Wolverine who didn't have a mentor like Professor X step in and say, hey, let's get you on the right track. This guy has been through nothing but chaos and pain his entire life. And he doesn't get the luxury of having um, a, this supreme mutant come in and sort of kind of correct his actions and redirect his life. Um, and so creating a villain like that through this show, you can, you can sympathize with him and you can see, you know, the, the pain that he's gone through and start to understand him on a deeper level, much like Wanda 
you know, Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, much like Loki. We've seen a ton of him. Even characters like Wen Wu from Shang-Chi. Once you got to know him, once you met him and understood his story, you started to sympathize with him. And although you might not have agreed with his methods, you still connected with him on a deeper level. And I think that's what the MCU needs more of. They need more, more villains that you understand on that deeper level, where it creates that extra depth and that extra, um, you know, kind of, conflict you know inner conflict where you're watching and you see wolverine fighting logan <laughs> you see wolverine logan fighting Sabretooth, and you think man who am i rooting for here because in every fight we've seen logan in i know at least i have i've been rooting for logan right. i would love to be put in a situation where i'm questioning do i root for wolverine or do i root for his nemesis and i think that this could be a great platform for that i love that i forgot that Sabretooth was your number two because <laughs> in my head i was about to tee up wolverine because he's not on your list and then there i totally is. scrolled past so fast on <laughs> Sabretooth. um because it's ironic life. that you mentioned the x-men origins wolverine my entire idea for a wolverine show or movie is just that entire opening sequence expanded mm -hmm. like if you want to put wolverine or Sabretooth or any ancient long-standing character in the mcu you can do it a bunch of different ways but if a character lives for decades or hundreds of years you can show their entire origin story to this point in a okay i say that but not everybody loves eternals and they kind of do the same thing in a way, theirs is more jumping around really harshly with a really modern day plot and then a really different backstory plot. My idea is your modern day doesn't really exist. You actually get glimpses of your modern day. And it's mostly him in the rain, in a cave, sleeping, traumatized. Everything is happening inside of his mind. He is reliving his PTSD and the events of his life. And we, as an audience, are traveling along with him. And at the very end is when he gets saved and his mind is cleared. And it's basically like, come back to us, old friend. And he wakes up and, oh, this whole time he's been with the X-Men. Uh, Terry McIver in the comments says, sounds a little like Highlander. Well, there can be only one. But I love the idea of a villain take on this idea uh, if we took that idea and just put it on Sabretooth and it turns into a killing spree just like my Darth Vader series idea why not do that man mm -hmm. I you know I who okay real fast since we're here who would you cast a Sabretooth would you bring back Liev Schreiber that's or a would great... you pick someone new I would I would certainly want to pick someone new. Um, I I gotta admit I haven't given any thought to uh, a Sabretooth fan casting. Um, man, I I loved what they did in uh, Origins for Wolverine, mm -hmm. um, but I gotta say you gotta start fresh. It wasn't memorable enough of a performance um, to to justify bringing him back. I don't think there's that fan demand there. I liked the performance, but. If we want to go the opposite way, um, I think we have to we have to look in in, in, a, in another direction for that. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think I've seen pretty much anything for that. So what do you think? How about 
Liam Hemsworth. Ooh. When I see him, I just get this feeling. Like you, you look at him in public, and you look at Chris Hemsworth in public, mm. and I feel like I'm far more of the energetic vibe of of Liam. You know, he's got a little pain behind those eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Chris can smile mm-hmm. it all away, and you feel like nothing's wrong. But you, Liam, he's just like, I'm alive, dude. Whatever. I think that would be a great um, like energy to have with Sabretooth mm-hmm. because you have that just like whatever. But underneath all of that is a turmoil. So whenever he's remaining calm, it's like he's only calm because he's trying to keep his edge, mm-hmm. his own edge. He's trying like to stay. I'm, I'm just trying to stay even, stay on the edge, not like go too far and hurt anybody and not go too weak and become, you know, like I feel like Sabretooth should now have this weakness where if he gets too low on something, he bad things happen. Just as where if he gets too high on something, bad things happen. There's a perfect middle ground there, and that's where he needs to exist. But mm-hmm. Liam Hemsworth, I think, could bring just a his look alone would instill terror if he put on this scowling image that we're seeing here in this article. Like it fits, man. It works. I think he could bring something different in terms of his his work. I don't think I've seen enough to be able to speak on his work, but I support the kid. Mm. Kid, he's probably older than me. What am I saying? But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say Liam Hemsworth for Sabretooth. Now, this is your next one is everyone's favorite on on Twitter. So please mm. dive into everyone's favorite really fast. Terry McIver says Owen Lars. Sabretooth, which would be uh, Joel Edgerton. I do. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's an interesting call out. I, wow. Okay. I, I dig All right. That. I dig that a lot. I All rescind right. what I previously stated about Liam Hemsworth. Sorry, Hemsworth. You lost out on <laughs> Thor to your brother. You lost out on Sabretooth to Owen Lars. Like it. All right. We're rolling with Owen Lars as Sabretooth. All right. So next up, number three on the list is... Jai Ling and the Ten Rings from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This one is kind of out there. Um, this this Ten Rings series that's supposedly a spinoff of, of Shang-Chi's rumored to be in development. Um, and it's 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 apparently going to be a comedy. Um, something I wasn't aware of till recently. Um, I was already kind of thinking that this one was the least likely, but it's at the top of my wish list. So the only reason I really picked this is because I'd love to see Ling kind of take on those tendencies of her father. She told the direct exclusively in an interview um, leading up to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings that she, her character is like her father in many ways. Um, so there's a lot to flesh out there that I don't think we've seen yet. Um, and clearly by the end of the movie, seeing her sitting on her father's throne, taking over the Ten Rings organization, I think she's going to have to encounter some uh some skeletons in the closet some some deep dark secrets of her father's past that even she didn't know about um and i think she's gonna have to get pretty ruthless as the new leader of the ten rings to uh to to keep that organization running at the the same standard but the main reason this made my list is because of the golden daggers club um this underground superhero level fight club where wong is throwing down with abomination and there was art of deadpool squaring up with uh proxima midnight um, there's so much potential there to have like a brutal, you know, don't hold back kind of MCU fight club, if you will. Um, and I think there's a lot of potential there to to 
really flesh out some characters that are are kind of lurking in the background, kind of still in the underground of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and to introduce them through a Golden Daggers Fight Club, kind of like a, a contest of champions almost, if you will. Um, I think that has a lot of potential in the MCU, and if you give it a TVMA rating, the comedy and the fighting can really go top-notch. Um, that can really get fans excited for what they can see in the upcoming feature films where they could see characters like Deadpool, like a, apparently resurrected Proxima Midnight, um, you know, continue on in those battles. So uh, Ten Rings series, it may be a comedy, but I'm hoping it's TVMA so we can dive deep into some of that comedy and also the graphic violent nature of those battles that are going on in our underground MCU fight club. What are your thoughts, Thomas? Um, I want blood. No, I'm just <laughs> I, I would, I, I agree. I do want to see her. She fights with a far more ferocious aggression in the, in Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten rings than say Shang-Chi does. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting that you put this here because it would be great. I agree. Her, she doesn't need the Ten Rings to be absolutely dangerous. She has that dagger thing. She showed that she could take out Shang-Chi pretty much one-on-one. He wasn't really fighting, but I don't know if he would have beat her in that moment. So very, very good pull right there. Uh, Also, does that mean we get more Abomination? Well, we're going to see him in She-Hulk, which we still know very little about. So... Um, I'm hoping that we'll get some answers on Abomination there because uh, that was the one scene in Shang-Chi where I was kind of like, what is going on? But Mm. we digress. Next up on the list. This is my personal favorite. This is a deep comics poll that I've just been kind of floating out on Twitter and wherever else I can for years now. Um, It's Hyperion. I really want to see a version of Hyperion in the MCU. For those who aren't familiar, Hyperion is basically Marvel's answer to Superman. He's got the laser eyes. He can fly. He's super strong. He's got the super buff chest and the really broad shoulders and the nice curly hair to make you see that he is the just American, America's sweetheart, basically, of superheroes. Except this guy has a dark side. Specifically, the version of Hyperion that I would like to see in the MCU that could earn that TVMA rating is the version of Hyperion that's much like Superman's origin story until it isn't. And that's when he crash lands on Earth as a baby. This is Hyperion. He crash lands on Earth as a baby. He was sent to Earth by a doomed group of Eternals who were destined to be destroyed. So they sent him to Earth, much like Superman, to find a new life and to give people hope but instead of being found by an innocent know-nothing family from kansas waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help our u.s-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. He's picked up by the U.S. government and they do a bunch of experiments on him. Hmm. That's very relevant to where the MCU is currently standing. Anthony Mackey's Sam Wilson, or Captain America, if you will, has just discovered that the U.S. government was performing experiments on Isaiah Bradley, who was a super soldier serum subject, if you will, four S's, lots of alliteration. Uh, (laughs) uh, Isaiah Bradley, he's been through hell. The U.S. has treated him like dog shit. He's been... In, they what do they say? They locked his ass up for thirty years, and they were experimenting on him. Who knows what the experiments were actually contributing to? You know where that data led, what they ended up doing with that information. But if the U.S. was willing to treat Isaiah Bradley like that, who at the end of the day is a U.S. citizen, how are they going to treat an alien that crash lands in their country unannounced? If we can meet Hyperion at a young age, where he literally grows up as a government subject, we'll see that he doesn't develop that same humanity that all these other heroes have, which is what happens in the comics and leads him to some pretty dark decisions later on. I would love to see a version of Superman that isn't Superman because DC's not doing anything with him currently. So if the MCU wants to pick up Hyperion, show that an Eternal has crash landed on Earth after we just met a whole group of Eternals that we still don't know a lot about, the US is going to be more than curious to say the least of what he's capable of and just like they did with ghost in ant-man and the wasp they will weaponize him if they can and they will find ways to take advantage of his power set and i can't wait to see you know the potential that that could bring for other heroes as well um that have that more inhumane dark side to them where it's not as easy as deciding between right and wrong because they don't have that moral compass they weren't raised that way um giving this character a tvma setting would really open the door to flesh out a character that's that's pained and that's angered and that that hates the world that 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 needs him to save them. Um, I, I think that this this would have the most potential, especially since there's virtually no history of this character in in any medium other than the comic books. Who would you cast? That's another great question, man. I love the idea of casting a no name. Um, but wouldn't it be hilarious if we got Henry Cavill? Wouldn't That's... it just be the coolest thing? Like, <laughs> the, DC, Warner Bros. has really just kind of kicked him to the curb. And they've disrespected him even on the man's own birthday. So what I... if he jumped over to Marvel and he said, fine, I'll be Marvel's version of Superman and you can eat it. And what do you think of that? fucking dickhead. You know what? Fuck you, Warner Brothers. I'll be the worst Superman you ever saw. <laughs> Honestly, I, I really do love that idea that um Henry Cavill, I couldn't think of anybody who could play him. I saw one I, uh, I, I saw one suggestion of Michael Fassbender playing him. And I've been looking for an excuse to bring Michael Fassbender in the MCU. And mm. he's actually got the bone structure for it. You just you bulk him up a little bit more. He could yeah. easily, and I mean, you don't even have to do that. But if you want him to look like all the rest of the Eternals, you don't have to bulk him up. But um, yeah. I love yeah. Michael Fassbender. Oh. I loved his Magneto. He played that pained, anguished character so well, especially in Days of Future Past. Oh my goodness, I loved him, and he he was my one of my favorite parts of the X Men uh, universe over at Fox. Uh, I, Same. I would say one of these two guys, top candidates. 
He is definitely my favorite Magneto. I oh yeah could get oh, yeah. okay. I know a lot of people like like to argue that oh no Ian McKellen. I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. Michael Fassbender just does some. St- Michael Fassbender is earning Oscars in his roles. He'll have 15 minutes in a movie, and it's the best 15 minutes of every one of those. Movies. <laughs> every scene he's in in Dark Phoenix takes like six level jumps up in the way that it's like, oh wow. He's Irish. We do pain well. That's awesome. Love Terry, it, yes. Terry. <laughs> Love it. it. <laughs> uh, is also saying that an Aquafino Michael Pena show would be would do me would be amazing. I can't agree with that more. Having Aquafina and Katie from uh, Shang Chi and then Michael Pena, who is obviously uh, Luis, Luis from the Ant Man yeah. franchise. Oh, and while at, we're there, they're both in San Francisco. Let's make it happen. Let's do While it. We're there. Let's get Darcy and Jimmy Woo in there and make it a fucking Agents of Shield show. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love where I we're going with that. That at the at right, darkest hour, awesome. that I would be an Agent of Shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything about that. All right, number five. Let's get to number five on this list because this one is the one I think everyone can agree on, and that is Daredevil. Um, that's potentially the top project on literally everybody's TVMA wish list is another round of Daredevil. Um, yeah, it ran for three seasons on Netflix, like we talked about. Uh, you know, and it, it, whether it's a reboot or not, which there's been a lot of argument for that. Um, bringing back Charlie Cox to play Daredevil is it, it's a great indication that we're going to match that same tone from the Netflix series when they do give Daredevil his own uh, MCU project. Um, a new season of Daredevil with a, a, a TVMA rating like he was for three seasons would actually also serve as a great selling point for other R-rated Marvel content that they want to put on Disney+. Plus. Because Daredevil, when you hear you know R-rated Marvel, Daredevil on Netflix is one of the first things people think of. Everybody loved that. It was a great success. Um, so to bring that over to Disney+, Plus would actually kind of boost the the overall promotion of just r-rated marvel content um if they were to steer away from the the mature rating you know it could be interpreted as marvel not having confidence in that tvma rating that daredevil took and ran with for three seasons um you know i i think that makes this the most likely candidate for anything on disney plus to have that rating um is is daredevil kind of matching that tone um you know, and it may not be that big of a coincidence that Moon Knight is debuting while Disney Plus is introducing this new feature. Um, you know, Moon Knight could very well match the tone of those Netflix shows, like I had mentioned earlier, in a greater sense than we're expecting. Um, and it could remind, you know, fans that, you know, TVMA content is being added to Disney Plus like Daredevil. So there could be some nods to what we already have, mm-hmm. and that could be their lead-in. So I, I think Daredevil is is a very likely candidate to, to have this rating that will need that, you know, parental passcode. Of every Netflix show, there are two that people beg for to come back. Daredevil and Punisher. Punisher. And it is because they nail those characters, the tone, beautifully. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the series it's the actor and the fit of the actor in the character and the work that the actors do i think mike coulter as luke cage is amazing the only weak link in the defender saga is finn jones and in my opinion that's because of how he was written 
don't think that's his fault. I think he's a great actor who, if you give, if he was given Danny Rand from the comics, oh my God, he'd crush it. That's what everyone thought he was going to do. Instead, he was like, he was like Bruce Wayne from the Batman, but richer and whinier and wanting to make his family proud for no reason. Yep. They casted the right guy and gave him the wrong role. Oh, yeah. They wrote a whole weird... And this isn't a crap on Iron Fist, right? This is just... It just didn't line up with with the character's core and his heart. Um, which, you know, it happens. Green Lantern. I still love that movie. Mm-hmm. That's right. I said it. I said it. First appearance of Taika Waititi in my life, baby. Um, so... Uh, Shout out, Our Flag Means Death. If you've never watched it, it is bonkers. It's great. Back to the plot of Daredevil. I uh, Daredevil Season 4, I need it. And what I really need is for it to have Spider-Man and then it to have him going, what are you doing, man? You can't do that. Like, stop doing, stop hurting people, man. Um, I would love to see another Defenders, but done with Marvel Studios doing it, with Kevin Feige in charge. Absolutely. Yes, and- Season one of Jessica Jones was the most painful season of television I've ever watched from an emotional standpoint. Yeah, because it ripped my it made me want to die every time I started watching. And Luke Cage, too. That was a great one, too. There was so much in it. But Jessica Jones had that depth. It had that Mm -hmm. pain. It had that agony. It, It had and it had that manipulation that like is so at that point, I mean, that was that was before me too, wasn't it? No, around that same time. At this point, it was around yeah. there. It was maybe around that time. Like it was, it was just it just happened to fall all in line, and it's a, a specific story from the comics between her and the Purple Man, mm-hmm. uh, played expertly by David Tennant, by the way. So, really, do think? Oh my God, Terry McIver in the comics just dropped. Having watched Spider-Man No Way Home, I get the feeling that MJ could be Firestar. Ooh, that deserves its own episode. I have my own theories about MJ, and uh, Terry, I might just like that one even better. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Firestar? Are you kidding me? Spider-Man and his amazing friends throw in Iceman, and you've got my whole childhood wrapped in a bow. That is amazing. I love it. Love it. Uh, Spidey and his amazing... And a TVMA uh, Firestar? We're not ready for that. All right. We are not. I'm ready. Roll, please. For number six on the list, this is my uh, personal favorite out of this entire list, whether or not it's Hyperion and my, my love for comics or Xiling and the Ten Rings and my love for uh, comedy and, and fight club violence. Um, this kind of puts all of that together. Number six on my list is X-Force. As seen in Deadpool 2. Um, similar to how Shang-Chi is rumored to produce a spinoff for, you know, uh, the Ten Rings. Um, Deadpool 3 can do the exact same thing with X-Force. And I believe that because that's exactly what Deadpool 2 was supposed to do. Um, X-Force in Deadpool 2, it, it's essentially an expedited version of DC's The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. Um, but... At one point, Josh Brolin and Zazie Beetz were set to reprise their roles as Cable and Domino in an X-Force spinoff that would see them kind of rebuild that team that immediately fell apart in Deadpool 2. Um, 
when Disney bought Fox, there were actual plans for this X-Force spinoff. And there have been plans for X-Force at Fox since before Deadpool was even greenlit. It, mm-hmm. It's like from 2013. Like, it's way, way back. Um, Disney put that project on hold when they bought Fox out in 2019. But the only, or some of the only official word on its actual cancellation actually came uh, from the X-Force's comic book creator, who many are familiar with by now, Rob Liefeld. Um, but the project itself has hardly been acknowledged since that acquisition. Um, now, does Disney sitting on these plans, you know, kind of give you hope that they're going to put them back into motion once Deadpool 3 is properly introduced? into the MCU, maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, a project with that same tone as Deadpool two certainly doesn't fit anywhere in the MCU currently, but it certainly could after Deadpool three. Um, but you know, they can be reformatted rather than a feature film. It can be a Disney plus series where they can have that space to introduce, you know, that ragtag team of, of misfit mutants, um, like, like Terry Cruz's Bedlam or, uh, Brad Pitt's the vanisher, you know, they can cycle out, in and out, you know, fun names that can cameo as these these heroes that'll have you know a one-off appearance and then they'll you know die a horrible death on an electrical line or being shredded up by a helicopter, you know, like they did in Deadpool 2. You can keep that same tone going of this team that's just horribly mismanaged and all these heroes that don't know what they're doing with their lives. Um, but yeah, it it, it would uh they've been trying to introduce the X-Force for years. Um and uh you know, the darker, grittier tone of the X-Force while still keeping that that mature kind of raunchy comedy. Um, it, it It's one of Marvel's highest grossing comic books ever. It made over or it sold over 500 million copies. Um, and I, I have to say that's just that's freaking impressive in itself. Um, <laughs> 500 million. I meant to say 5 million. My bad. Um, but but could you imagine 500 million copies of one comic book being sold half a billion comics? Yeah, that's probably not happening, but, um, these new guidelines would kind of open that door for a comedy series, kind of like 10 rings, but also match the tone of the Deadpool series. Tax day is coming. Oh no. But if you sign up for Robin hood gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Uh, of films that have just found an overabundance of success. You know, I I have to believe that Disney is just itching to finally get Deadpool in the right spot. They just Mm -hmm. don't want to rush it. You know, just because they're taking their time doesn't mean they're not excited. I I can't wait to see what plans they have for Deadpool because it's not just going to be, oh, Deadpool 3. You know, there you go. You got it. We're done. It's it's going to be Deadpool 3 
and then Deadpool's going to be freaking everywhere, you know? That we're literally just getting started. Those two Fox movies were an intro. Deadpool 3 is going to be the start of it. And yeah. having an X-Force series tied into that is a mm. great, you know, promo for that Deadpool franchise, but also a nice outlet to introduce all these mutants that wouldn't get the spotlight otherwise. Yeah, and if you even take out Deadpool and he's not even in the show, mm-hmm. you lose what? You lose the fourth wall BS? Okay. Right. Well, then you have, I mean, Cable and Domino alone bring off very strong, very strong Harley and Rick Flag energy of bouncing off each other. Right. Yes. And, and that's even like Rick Flag is like a nice version of Cable. So like even darker, he'd be like, I hate my life. So those two alone could carry the series in a humorous way. But having seen, I don't know, just some guy named James Gunn's The Suicide Squad and then Peacemaker and knowing that, hey, that's our guy. Like he helped us bring Guardians out. Like, and then he just went over here and blew the walls off. Well, we can do the same thing. Why not have James Gunn do an X-Force thing? Mm-hmm. Base it around Cable base it around domino and then bring in any other mutants he wants. Like there's so many things that can be done. And I think this, this was the one that that'd be at the top of my list for sure. Um, I love the Deadpool universe. If you will. I love, honestly, I love Zazie beats. And I love Josh Brolin. So just having them back would be amazing mm-hmm. and getting to see a lot of mutants that you like, it would be amazing to get someone uh god i was just trying to pick one out of random i don't know mutants enough one will randomly pop into my head later like yeah that guy Um, (laughs) well there are a ton of mutants i'd like to see still like i I feel like jubilee she Mm. one of the main characters in the x-men series the animated show um not even touched on in any of the the fox movies and uh i she's been one of my favorites for a while and i've really been wanting to see her pop up somewhere if she mm-hmm. doesn't have her own series, which I think they could make work, honestly, um, this would be a great spot for her to pop up in. Is she in? Uh, she's in Apocalypse for like a, a brief spell, right? Is she? I think so. I think when they're uh, when they're out there being Robin Shabatsky and let's go to the mall. Oh wait, that's right. Yes, they do. She's in that <laughs> montage of yes. That's I totally forgot about that. <laughs> and then they say, "Oh, everyone knows the third one's the worst." Yes, it, yes, played by, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Talking about she played by Jedi. wasn't who was that? I gotta I gotta look that up. Lana I, Condor. That's who it was. Yeah, there's a name. Um, I don't think I've seen anything she's in. Uh, oh, I she was in Alita that. Battle Angel. But anyway, um, yeah, very minimal Alita? exposure. And uh, yeah, I, it must have been a small role. But um, Maybe. yeah, dude, uh, there's a lot of potential for mutants. And we have a ton of them that we can start introducing. So we're going to need as many places for them as possible. Absolutely. And you get the most absurd ones, the one that make the least sense. Throw them in the Deadpool section of the world. It'll work. Misfits. Uh, misfits of mutant debauchery that was it i'm so dyslexic in my own head (laughs) (laughs) how sad uh ladies gents droids dogs cats and elephants in the room the show is coming to an end uh you can find lights 
Thunder action on uh, all of our links, excuse me, can be found at linktree.com forward slash lights thunder action. That'll get you to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, etc. And if you really just want to hang out with us on Twitter, that is at LTA podcasting. That's ing and action verb. JRB, where can everyone find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, JRB underscore direct. That's also where you can find me on Instagram. Um, I also frequent in the direct.com's Discord server. Um, I got to tweet that link out. I said I was going to last week. Didn't do it. So I'll take care of that right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, shoot me a, a DM on Instagram or uh, tweet at me um, at JRB underscore direct. So uh, let me know what you thought of the list over at the direct.com. Um, who would you have joined the ranks of Marvel's TV MA section? Let me know. Absolutely. You can find all of my personal links at linktree.com forward slash TC Rochester Act. That is T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. And of course, that is also my Twitter, TC Rochester Act. Um, We also, I don't understand what I just wrote, so I'm just going to wing this part. JRB, do you have any recommendations (laughs) for the audience? You know, I actually took your recommendation and I checked out The Adam Project on Netflix. And I got to say, every Sean Levy directed movie I've seen with Ryan Reynolds in it, and that's two now, not one, Mm. two, um, has been an absolute banger. So I'm really getting hyped for him uh, taking the helm on uh, Deadpool 3. Man, the writing in that movie was incredible. I mean, I thought Ryan Reynolds had such a unique... um, uh, ability to uh portray sarcasm and uh his acting chops i I felt like were unparalleled and then they bring in this 12 year old actor and he matches it almost perfectly and Mm -hmm. the the back and forth between these two characters is amazing the casting was awesome the writing was incredible and it it just gets me so pumped for what sean levy's gonna do for marvel now um especially working alongside his new buddy ryan reynolds who they just seem to mesh so well. So um, thank you for that recommendation, Thomas. I'm going to be passing that on to our audience. Um, check out The Adam Project on Netflix. Get an idea for the emotional depth and the comedic wit you're going to see brought to Deadpool 3 through Sean Levy's work. Yes, and to follow that up really quick, uh, it's a great. it's great that this movie is a time travel movie right especially considering how deadpool 2 ends with Mm -hmm. destroying the multiverse which is fantastic because of some of the rules we learned about in the tva right it's he destroys it all thanks deadpool um i'm really hoping deadpool 3 is deadpool kills the mcu and that every actor that he's ever worked with outside of the mcu is there as their mcu character so we're (laughs) so we're talking hulk we're talking Gamora. We're talking um, Nick Fury. There it is. Okay. That was the one I there was waiting is. for. <laughs> Nick, Nick Fury. Um, I forgot the other one, man. That's the, that's depressing. Oh, yeah. Korg, of course. Yeah, yeah. Got to get Korg back. We've already got a little bit of that. I, oh, I see, need a whole that's movie. That's what I'm waiting for. That's, movie. Love it. I can't wait. And then get uh, Will. F- oh, my God. Will Ferrell as Beta Ray Bill. Let's fucking go. Where is this coming from? Who Who started this? I started that. I started it today. <laughs> Welcome to your Monday Madness, kids. 
I was oh, listening wow. to the direct pod and Matt Rimke brought up Will Ferrell being in the MCU. And I was like, what is wrong with me? How have I never thought about that? Who could he be? Grandmaster. Shit. That's already a thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thought I had. And I was like, you know, he'd be really, really old. He'd have to be somebody who's been living for a long time. But then I thought, you know, why not just make him one of like my favorite characters in my favorite area and just make him Beta Ray Bill, who I'm, I've been saying is going to be in this movie. Now I'm just going balls deep and saying Will Ferrell's <laughs> going to be doing it. I need it. I need it. I don't know why, but I just oh, need man. a, I just need a big bearded man to come out and be strategic or have oh, some geez. strategery. My recommendation. Oh Crazy. my God. Oh, right. Dude. To that cast, too, to the Thor forecast that mm-hmm. already has how many uh, Academy Award winners? I mean, it's going to be crazy. Uh, five, five Academy oh. Award winning. Oh, my God. Oh, hold Any- on. I don't know. Maybe more after last night. Um, ooh, I, maybe I should have looked that up a little more in depth. Um, <laughs> anyway, what are you recommending? Speaking of time travel, uh, I'm going to recommend Star Wars Rebels because season four kind of dives into time travel. I'm not going to mm. spoil it, but it's been amazing. I uh, I watched season one, forgot how much it slaps right off the bat. I only skipped one or two episodes. and. Okay. Uh, and I, the ones I skipped were the ones that I knew about the most. Um, and it was, it's, it's so good, dude. I cried at a point cause I got so surprised from something I knew already happened, but I forgot it happened that early that I screeched. Oh my God. Oh shit. Ah, ah. I just cried like a baby, but then I'm going to recommend the future diary. I believe I mentioned it last week that I was kind of watching it while I finished it. Ooh. What the f- Doggy. Okay, this show has 26 episodes and it starts off calm like, oh, here's a diary. Everybody's using it. Let me let me break it down. There are 12 diary users and the diary tells the time. It's why it's called the future. Di- that doesn't tell the time. I meant tells the future. That's why it's called the future <laughs> diary. It's a clock. And, <laughs> and each one of them can meet with this god being called Deus Ex Machina. Weird, I know. He has a little subordinate called Maru Maru. And these 12 people are in a fight to the death. The winner becomes God. That is the premise. The opening scene is the most important scene in the entire series if you enjoy mysteries. And I do. So my friend said, okay, watch the first scene. I'm like, what did you see? And I like kind of explained. And she's like, okay. And she's like, go back and rewatch it again until you understand what you're seeing. And describe it. I was like, all right, I'll do that. I describe it. The very next scene is characters that you thought you just saw. And it's a mind, it's a mind frack right off the bat. Uh, around episode 18 or 19 is when it goes from like kind of a sci-fi story with the time travel, but mostly just like a mystery and a murder and just like straight up feeling like anime it goes into an existential crisis of the Akashic records world between worlds diving through all sorts of uh, quantum theory entanglement ideas. Uh, I don't know why I said quantum theory entanglement, quantum theory ideas and how uh, there, there are multiple universes created out of a single solitary event in this one point in space and time. Uh, And it is, there are black holes that are quite literally just machines that appear and disappear out of nowhere and destroy everything. Like, dude, it's so, 
<laughs> insane how they took like a steampunk idea of how the machinations of the universe really work like gears of a clock dude highly recommend only 26 episodes it leaves hulu on friday this friday so like you gotta binge it right now uh, but it is oh, a fun i got some work to do it, hold on but it is a funimation <laughs> project so i do believe it'll be on crunchyroll soon as if i'm not mistaken crunchyroll just bought funimation i'm mm. learning all about anime right now from some friends so kazow future diary it's lit you'll thank me i swear future to god diary. you'll thank me it is a really good really good show um and if you try to predict what's going to happen you'll have so much fun um ladies and gentlemen we have reached the end of the show officially and as always there could be no show without the iron man variant to my left world famous journalist john ross bradford bringing a much needed eloquence and wit to this broadcast look at that beard and thank you to Terry McIver and David Thompson for their work behind the scenes. Terry's been hanging out with us all evening and technically uh, early morning for him over there um, <laughs> in Ireland. He wants to remind you all that he just watched Peacemaker. He laughed his ass off and he wants to remind you all to activate Human Torpedo, which is fantastic. Uh, thank you to the HWWS Web TV family for supporting us and carrying us on the network. Most importantly, thank you uh, to our fans that join us weekly. Whether you're watching on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or listening via Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or Spotify, I think my Wi-Fi just glitched. You're I back. Think so too. But oh, hey. be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. Drop us a comment. Leave a review. Give us five stars. Because why the hell not? If you feel we are worthy. Worthy, worthy. As always, I'm TCR. And I'm JRB. Thank you for joining episode 79 of Lights Thunder Action. We'll see you next time. <laughs> now nah, we did the thing! <laughs> Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.